we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. We're at Joshua chapter number one. Joshua chapter number one tonight. I'm thankful for the book of Joshua. We see glimpses of Christ all throughout. And I've learned so much in, in my study of the life of Joshua. Uh, the more I study, the deeper it gets, and the more I see of Christ. And it's amazing. Uh, before I get into this too deeply, I want to tell you, I've recently figured out a formula. Um, a formula for what it takes. I'll, I'll finish that in just a, sa- a second here. Figured out a formula. What you do is you take the number of your kids that you have, and you add up all of their ages. So I think if I add all of the ages up, I think we're right at the number 70, Laurie. Pretty good. We're right at the number 70. If you put them all together, somewhere in the neighborhood, I might be off just a little bit. I'm probably off. But uh, what you do is you put those numbers together, and that is the number of years of experience in parenting that you have. So we're doing pretty good here. Uh, And then if you have boys, you multiply that number by the number three. And if you have girls, you multiply it by the number two. those of you that parent girls, you'll understand that girls are so much easier than boys. At least that's what I've heard. I don't know. And uh, you add that number up. I think we're at 210 right now is about the number that we've got figured out. So we've got a pretty good number. I don't know what the number is called, but 210 is what it is. But then you take and you subtract the number of times before the age of 10 that your kids have tried to negotiate a bedtime at the time of bedtime or later. And you subtract that number, which ours is 684,384, from the initial number, 210. And if you come up with a positive number, you're a great parent. So at this point in time, uh, we're, we're terrible parents. Um, Dad, I know you just sent me to bed, but I'd like to negotiate a brand new bedtime. Now, not recently. Our kids are older than 10. But I, we went through that for a long time. And it seemed like, Dad, I'd like to talk about more responsibility. Uh, this is terrific timing. Let's go ahead and speak about this. But uh, This evening in the passage, wouldn't it be great if God spoke and we just said, yes, Dad, yes, Lord? We, we require of our kids that they would do that. We say, hey, it's bedtime. And we, we'd like for them to say, yes, Dad, yes, Mom. And it always seems like there's some type of a distraction, something that would impede them from doing what is there. They, sometimes they're good things. I want to negotiate responsibility that I should have on myself. Wouldn't it be great if we just said, yes, Lord? Uh, tonight in the life of Joshua, we could highlight so many things. His, his calling, uh, we could highlight his cultivating uh, of, of making Joshua into who he was. But this evening, I'd like to look at, at the commands that are given to Joshua in just a brief passage. I don't think I'll teach anybody anything this evening, but I hope to push you to serve the Lord better. I hope that you look at the Word of God this evening and say, Yes, yes, Lord, I need to do these things. Yes, Lord, I need to move forward with a new resolve and a new purpose that glorifies you with my life. Would you look at the passage this evening? Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 4. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. 
as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray this evening. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the life of Joshua as we've seen this evening. Lord, thank you for the, the music this evening that honors you. Thank you that we can sing about Christ. Lord, thank you that we can see Christ highlighted in our, our sermons, that we can see Christ highlighted in our Sunday school time. Now, Lord, this evening, help us to see Christ in this message. Lord, push us to serve you this evening. Change us for your glory and make us like you. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. A number of years ago, I, I read a book. It was kind of anecdotal. Uh, I think one of the bosses had, had prescribed to read this book, and it was basically the idea that instead of being negative, you should try to be positive. Instead of saying no to things, you should try to say yes as much as you possibly can. And I know where the boss was going with this. There was some humanistic take on the whole thing. But imagine if God says to you something that you should be doing, and you said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Imagine if we didn't put up any type of a barrier, any type of excuse, and we simply said, yes. Imagine if he said to us, and he gave us a command, and he said to us, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Imagine that he said to this, that to us, and he did, and we said to him, yes, Lord, yes. Now, if you're like me, if you're like most Christians, you'll try to qualify it just like my kids would qualify their bedtime and say, Dad, can I find a new responsibility? Dad, can we negotiate a different time? Dad, can we have this important discussion that we should have had an hour ago? And we may find reason for ourselves to question. We need to excuse ourselves yeah, even to rationalize. And you may look at a group of people and you say, that seems like a difficult group to witness to. And it has given us the command that we are to do these things and we're to follow in obedience. What would happen if we simply said, yes, Lord? We didn't excuse ourselves for the labor of a busy day or a busy schedule. We didn't explain away our disobedience stemming from a, an internal struggle that is going on on a daily basis within us or even some type of an insufficiency that is in us. We didn't clamor at the bur burden for all that there is to do. We simply said, yes, yes, Lord, yes. Now Joshua here is, is at a, a pivotal time for the life of Israel, and God has brought him to this occasion, and God has brought you to such an occasion tonight. 
And he gives this command to Joshua, and I believe these commands are universal for us. We can look at these things and we can apply them to our lives as Christians and say, yes, indeed, I will move forward with such a thing. The first one's pretty obvious. I see it in verse number six. We read the first two words with me. It says, be strong, be strong. If you don't have that underlined, it's a good phrase to underline. Be strong. You know, a lot of times when we think of strength, excuse me, I think of these guys that are in the gym and it gets exciting to see some of the things that go on with these guys in the gym. I always like to see the guys that are going for their personal best, their personal record. And boy, they'll do all kinds of crazy things to get themselves to that spot where they're going to put the personal record. Some of you are staring at my son. Stop it. And you step up there to do the personal record and, and smelling salts and people hitting you in the chest and grunting and screaming. And, and they step up to the spot and, and they lift this weight. And what's really fun is when they lift the weight and they put everything that they've got, they're holding their breath, their face turns as red as can be, and, 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 and somebody's got to physically hold them up afterwards. Yes, they got their record, but they're there. Folks, so they, it's, it's not a physical muscle. It's not a physical strength. In fact, I'm thankful today that it's not. You find the propensity of the flesh, and the flesh is indeed weak. You find the best that I have to offer, and it's not enough. And if you begin to look at yourself and you say, I don't have enough talent for the job that is in front of me. I don't have enough ability to get this done. Uh, for in fact, the idea is that God is not calling you for your ability's sake. He's calling you for your willingness to move forward. And he's calling us not to stand in our own strength, our own mental capacity, but to stand in his strength this evening. If you get up this morning, and you say, well, I'm going to do it in my own strength. You will fail. I can tell you this from experience, to run in your own strength and say, I'm going to accomplish this. Uh, you, you, you'll fall out, fail with all of that. Never in Scripture are we declared to run in our own strength. We're to run the race that is set before us in the strength of our Lord. Uh, if, if you want to turn there, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, I'll, I'll just reference this very quickly. We'll look back at Joshua in just a minute. But 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me, that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Boy, if there were ever a person in the world that had the talent, that had the ability, that had the pedigree, that had the training, it was all. And Paul says, I've been given this thorn in the flesh that I not be exalted above measure. Verse 8, he says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. How many times have we prayed that a malady would be brought away from us? And he prays simply three times. We might pray a hundred times, Lord, take the RA from me. Lord, take it from me. Give, me. give me relief. Give me strength so I can go on. Paul says, three times I prayed. Three times I prayed. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will i rather glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me therefore i take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches in necessities and persecutions in distresses for christ's sake for when i am weak then am i strong if you've learned that today, you're miles ahead of most Christians this evening. Are you disappointed by your own weariness? 
Are you discouraged by your failure in your own performance? Are you disenchanted with those who leave you by yourself? Are you disillusioned by the items that you define as success? For today, we're running in his strength, aren't we? Uh, I had the opportunity, the, the, the privilege, really, to, to, to speak with, with the teaching staff the other day. Mr. Brother Macy, thank you so much for that opportunity. Uh, and, and a verse that's been said over and over again in Isaiah chapter number 40, uh, he talks about the, the youths uh, losing their strength. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard from the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Isaiah 40 and verse 29, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word wait is a patient anticipation. Tonight, rather than to run in our own strength, are we patiently anticipating what God is going to do? Are we running in his strength? Uh, it gives the imagery of an eagle who, who, who is able to swoop down on its prey. It's simply amazing to see the grace and the majesty of such an animal that God has created. And he says, with, with, with that imagery is the strength that God is going to give to you. Tonight, we're called to be strong, but it's not in our strength. It's not in the amount of sleep that you've put into the day so that you can get up in the morning refreshed and ready. Rather, it's to stand up in the strength of the Lord and to move in his power. And he calls Joshua to be strong. The next phrase is found in verse number 6 and verse number 7. I'll read the beginning of it. It says, be strong and be of good courage. Uh, verse 7, only be thou strong and be very courageous. Uh, courage is the ability to do something that frightens somebody. The strength to stand in the face of pain or of grief. John Wayne said that courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Now, I don't know if that's from a movie or if he said that just as it was. But I know this today. We, we need to stand in courage. Uh, faith is moving forward with the understanding that we serve an almighty God. I think of, 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 uh, <clears throat> of Joshua and the time that it's going to be necessary for him to stand up when, when he is the leader of God's people and there are others around him that, that are not going to take this leadership and he's going to have to muster the courage to do what God has called him to do. And he's going to take this, this opportunity and he's going to stand and he's going to lead the people. If, if you've studied the book of Joshua, which I'm sure you have, you see this done again and again. And he does things that are probably pretty uncomfortable. Uh, things that would put out outside of our comfort zone. But indeed, God says you're going to need to stand in courage. You're going to need, need to move forward in the face of fear and in the face of adversity in the face of pain and in the face of gr grief. I often have thought in terms of Joshua and, and the book of Ephesians. And, and there's a phrase where he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, and the next verse says, stand. 
having done all to stand, stand, having your loins girt about with truth. And he outlines all of the armor, speaking of the breastplate of righteousness and the, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And having your loins girt about with, with the belt of truth. And then he says at the end of it, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Folks, if we're going to exercise that courage, it's only going to be done in prayer before the Lord. Lord, give me the courage to stand. How about a young people? I look at this crew this evening, young people here sitting front and center. They're my favorite group this evening, front and center. It's good stuff. What's it going to take to say, no, we, we don't do that here? What's it going to take to say to your peers, no, that, that's not how we, we do things here. We stand righteously before God. Uh, what's it going to take, Christian, to be at work and to say, hey, listen, I, I don't swear. I'm not, I'm not a person that swears. And if you'd help me by not doing that in my presence, it'd help a whole lot here. Uh, I, I've just purposed not to put those things before my mind. Or what's it going to be to say, hey, uh, don't put those things before my eyes. Uh, I, I don't need that. I don't need that distraction. I don't need that temptation. It's going to take a lot of courage, isn't it? It's going to take a lot of prayer to say, God, help me in this process. But today, we must stand in courage, in faith that is founded in him. We go on here, and uh, it's almost like a Warren Wiersbe book, The Bees That Are Here, but it's like there are seven bees in this passage. He says, be strong, be of good courage. And he says in verse number seven, to be obedient, be thou strong and be courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. He says, hey, the things that I've given you in terms of the word of God, they are for you to obey. You, you step up into the plate and you see those things in front of you and it is time that we obey. You know, it is the hallmark of the disciple that he obeys his master. And I wonder tonight, how many times have we said, well, God, I, I, I don't know if that one's for me. Uh, it's for the people that sit in the section over here and maybe the people that sit in the section over there and the people that sit in the section right here. But God, I, I don't know if it's for me. We're pretty good at excusing away God's commands to us, aren't we? It's pretty easy to look at somebody else and say, well, they, they're in pretty bad shape. And if we get that glimpse of Christ, mm -hmm. you sang about it in the night, the choir sang about it at night. It's overwhelming just to think about, and it's direct quotations from the book of Revelation, the study wherein we are, and you get just a glimpse of Jesus Christ, and you say, I have to obey. I must obey. It is my life to live in worship where I am going to obey this evening. Now, the world isn't going to understand this, is it? They're not going to be able to comprehend what is here. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, What man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words of man's wisdom, teacheth but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. The verse that everybody can quote, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And tonight when a command is given to us, and the Word of God is read to us, 
and the Holy Spirit of God speaks to us, we have to move. We have to go forward. I've spoken to the number of folks through the years wherein the Lord has dealt with them in terms of a step of obedience, a big step of obedience. Like one of those steps where they say, okay, I'm going to sell everything that I, I, I own, and we're going to go to this place that we don't know of, and we're going to follow in obedience. If you ever find somebody with a testimony like that, listen, and listen well. It's not an easy task. And you say, well, God hasn't called me to leave Hickory, North Carolina, to go to another place that I don't know of, to minister in a place that I'm not sure of. But he's called you to live daily in obedience to his word. Rise up in the morning and say, God, in your strength, I'm going to stand, and as best as I can, I'm going to obey. The next part that I see in this passage is, is to be saturated. To be saturated. Look with me in verse number 8, if you will. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, uh, isn't that great this morning? Brother Troy, you brought that out. I don't even know where Brother Troy is. I keep saying Brother Troy, and I don't know. Is he back there? Oh, oh he's, he's way back there. He's way back there. Boy, that was perfect this morning. As he spoke to the fathers, and, and, and he spoke about his responsibility with his kids. Now, I'm looking at him saying, look at what he's supposed to do. Look at what God has called me to do as a godly father to lead my family in the precepts of the Word of God. Look what God has called you to do as we think of the Word of God and how it's not supposed to depart out of our mouths, how it is supposed to be a universal thing that we speak of. We speak of it in our uprising and in our downgoing. We speak of it at the table. And we speak of the things that God has done for us. How many times have our kids heard of God's blessing uh, to us? They've seen it. They've heard us testify of those things. You know, the devil can't have much foothold with a Christian who's saturated with the Word of God. The flesh won't have the victory if we're walking in his precepts this evening, and the world holds no sway with us if we're immersed in the power of the Word of God. The next thing I see in this passage is simple, yet not simple, and that is we would be fearless. Look at verse number 9. Haven't I commanded thee be strong and of good courage? He says this, Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Have you ever been afraid to take a spiritual step? You don't have to raise your hand. This is not a, this is an internal look this evening. But I'll be honest with you, I know that I have. I know that I have. Sometimes it's been as simple as just going up to somebody and, and speaking to them about the gospel. And you, you see this person, and you say, well, I wonder what they're going to say when I step up there and I speak to those people. Or, 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 or you, you're prompted by the Holy Spirit to deal with somebody in line, just maybe even to hand them a track. And I know it goes through everybody's mind, or maybe I'm the only person that feels this way, but you think, what are they going to think of me when I hand them that track and invite them to church? And yet the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to me. Why am I run with fear? You know, courage this evening speaks of an action or a resolve. But fear itself describes a, a, a subliminal or a pronounced trepidation that often cripples us. It keeps us from doing the next step. And some of you won't climb this evening. You're not climbers because you're afraid of heights. And some of you won't hike because you're afraid of snakes, Mrs. Schoen. 
And there are those of you that are afraid of varying things in your life because of fear's sake. And yet if he's called us to do it, there is no fear. Which fear is it that cripples you? Which daunting task is before you? Which Goliath stands in your way? You remember when they they gathered for that battle? Uh, The Israelites quaked in their boots for the idea that there was a giant in the valley. David said, who's this guy? Who is this Philistine that defies the army of God? And some would discount David for the fact that he was a child, not really having an opportunity to have fear in such a thing. Yet today we would look at his courage and his fearlessness and his strength in the Lord. We think of Joshua, and right before uh, the timeline of Jericho, there's a point in time where, where Joshua goes aside, and uh, he's, he's away from the armies of God. I theorize that he's probably just in his mind working all the mental battles of the things that's going to go on the next day, probably to talk himself through the spiritual things that are about to happen. And as he looks to the side, the Bible says that he sees a man with a sword drawn. Now, if, if a guy with a sword drawn comes into the, the auditorium this morning, uh, this evening, there'll be a number of people that will ask him, what on earth are you doing? And people will step up to the plate and appropriate action would, would just be awesome. I mean, it'd be just great to see what would happen there. I know exactly what would take place here. Joshua stands up to him and says, are, are you for us or are you against us? Bible doesn't speak about him drawing a sword. Bible doesn't speak about him being on the defensive end of things. He just steps up to the person and he says, what is this? Bible reveals that this is the captain of the host, the Lord's host. It's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And he says that he fights for the army of the Lord. And, and today, I wonder today what it is that we're facing in fear and what it is that, that fear that, that, that's crippling you that God cannot overcome. Oh, whatever apprehension it is that's keeping you from making the next step, I believe under the sound of my voice today that there are those who are called to the mission field. And you're battling with that. You're saying, what will I have to do if I, if I, if I sell everything that I have and I leave my comfort zone and, and, and as I go to this place, I'm not even sure where it is. Kind of sounds like Abraham, doesn't it? And, and we worry about all the details, the, the, the ledger of, of what will add up and what is beneficial versus uh, what is not beneficial, what is considered comfortable, considered that which is uh, burdensome to us or that which is difficult. You know, a lot of times in our, our lives, we've tried to get ourselves away from the things that are difficult. Which I'd like to be comfortable. <laughs> I'd like to be happy. I'd like to smile all the time. I'd like to just see that there were no, no, no wrinkles in anything. There's no difficulty. There's no barricades. It's just a, a smooth pathway. There's not even stones on the pathway in front of us. You just walk. And, and nowhere in Scripture is that a consistent thing. And, and, and we move forward. So it doesn't matter the, the, the barricade. It doesn't matter what's in front of us. I believe they're, they're under the sound of my voice, those that are battling with the idea that God is calling them to full-time Christian service. Give that to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to trust you. Uh, we, we moved from a very affluent area at one point in time, my, my wife and I, to a, a place that, that was not. Uh, I'll leave it at that. And I had a, a pastor friend that said to me, he said, Bob, don't go there. 
He said that that's a, that's a poor area. That's a, a rough place to go. I had another pastor said, well, well, Bob, what does it pay if at this point in time we, we had surrendered? And I said, I have no idea. I have no idea. And he said to me, he said, do you believe that God is going to feed you where he leads you? And I said, I do. You know, we never begged for food. I've never begged for food in my life, if you can't tell. We've been so blessed. God has given us so much, much more than we ever needed, much more than we ever deserved. We look back on the years and where my apprehension was, God was so much greater than that. Whatever fear you're facing this, this evening, God is greater than that. The next thing I see in this passage is that we would be assured. Look at verse number five. Uh, it says, they, there, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Folks, today, if, if that's not a comfort to you to know that he goes with us, I don't know what would be. He says in, in verse number nine, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Do you believe that tonight? Sometimes we, we, we say that we believe it, yet the actions that follow don't reflect that. In Scripture, there are, there are at least 10 times that he says, I will be with thee. One of the greatest motivations to us in life is that God is with us. We move forward, we get up in the morning, and he is with us. The same God that went with Moses as he stood before Pharaoh. The same God that would lead Joshua into victory over Jericho. The same God who would sustain the people in their day of sorrow. The same Jesus who declares, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The same Jesus who said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That God is with you today. Uh, you know, at Tabernacle, we've got some of the, the coolest tracks in the world. We've got that one about, uh, about traveling. And, uh, and some of you are hikers and you like to go in different places. And I, I've actually gone places hiking before. And I'll open up the restroom door before I go on the trail. And there's one of those tracks from Tabernacle Baptist Church. It's, it's easy to set them in a bathroom, isn't it? And to leave them there and let people get those. And I think there's a value to that. And we, we come into contact with people and we say, I, I wonder if they could benefit from this. I know they can. Anytime we speak of Christ, it's a good thing. And the Holy Spirit prompts you, I need to witness to that person. And, and we've got the track in front of us. And then we, we have the word of God and a verse that comes to mind. And I used to have this guy in college. It was so awkward sometimes that he would come up, at least to me, he was maybe not living in the spirit as I should have, but he would come up and he would say, can I share a verse with you? And the first time he did it, I was, I was so awkward. It was so cringy just for the moment that he did that. You know, the second time he did that, I, I needed it and I knew it. First time he did it, I needed it too. Imagine how cringy he felt doing that the first time. <laughs> well, I, I've done it a few times and there's a little bit of that's got to get over yourself. And we go forward and we share a verse with somebody And we're reminded that, that he's with us as we speak the word of God to those people. We share the fact that, that he's worthy with these people that we find, these people that are around us that need the gospel. And he's with us as we speak. Here, you're not alone. Here, you're not going it alone as you do this work for the Lord, as you follow in obedience, as you say yes to the Lord, to the task that is in front of you. 
you should get up in the morning and you say, I really don't have a whole lot going on in life. That is false. If you're in Jesus Christ, you have so much going for you today. Move forward in his power and thank him for what he's given us in his promises. The last thing I see in this passage, he says, I'm going to give to you victory. Uh, look at verse number eight. It says, The book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then shalt thou make the, then, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, folks, and I, I want to want to park for just a minute on this verse and say this is this is not a, a bank account promise where you would look at the ledger of your bank account and say, Oh, I'm so successful. Hey, it's not about driving a, a certain brand of car or a certain year of car, and you say, look, look at the success line that I have here. I want to go even further. It's not about the number in your ministry. And you say, I'm serving in a place that I, I really don't see a whole lot of results for what I'm doing. Be faithful. Keep at it. Patiently expect. Wait on the Lord. Uh, sometimes in, in our, our finite mind, we get so frustrated. I get so frustrated at what seems like a lack of results. He says, I, I'm going to give you the victory. It's not going to be something that you may even be able to gauge yourself. In fact, uh, would to God the things that have gone on that are beyond our sphere of understanding, that he's given to us that we can't even see these days. One day we'll see it, for it all be revealed. Tonight, it does have everything with us in conformity, conformity to his will. Imagine if Joshua would have said no. Well, God, uh, I mean, they sound like good things. They, they appear like they're equitable things that you're saying to me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respectfully pass on this. If you read the book of Joshua, you're thankful that he didn't. Uh, you, you think of the crossing of the Jordan. And they get to this monumentous task, and certainly they'd seen a scene almost like this before. It said it was in the flood season. And, and it's not just a regular river, but it's, it's the flood season, so you can't even actually get to the river. And, and God says, this is no problem for me. There's clear and decisive instructions that are given to them. They step to the river, the river parts, and the people pass on by. Imagine that as they, they cross the river, they call to mind, the blessings of God, and, and they set up for themselves monuments of what God has done. And, 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 and what is this? This is the scene of victory that God has given to Joshua. Uh, we see beyond that a confirming of their covenant with God uh, as they, they follow in a, a covenant that had gone long on past unobserved, and they say we're going to follow in such a way. We see in chapter, I believe it's number six, the conquest of Jericho. And just an amazing story. In fact, if you look at it, it's really not all that exciting except the last part of it. And they're, they're, they're walking around the city and they're walking around the city and everybody's quiet. I mean, they're not even talking about the great meal that they had right beforehand. They're just walking around the city. And they follow in obedience and God gives to them the victory. So I didn't plan it that way. That's not what I would have thought how it would have happened. I would have thought something, uh, you know, strategic. We get Brother Odom on this corner. And we get uh, we get Troy on this corner. And we, we get Brother Isaac on this corner. And then uh, a couple of guys will get on this corner with Brother Sean because he needs lots of help over here. And we'll rally all together. And, and that's how we're going to defeat Jericho. And he says, no, just do what I tell you to do. Just follow. Just say, yes, Lord. 
just move forward and I'm going to give you the victory. There's a, a correction for the lapse of sin that follows. And, and we think of the, the, the sins, um, well, the man steals what, what, is, what is in there, the spoils of God for himself. Probably one of the most difficult things in the life of Joshua is his standing against sin. The great amount of courage that it must have taken to stand up and say, God, I'm going to obey you in this process and we're going to deal with sin appropriately. And, and, and he moves forward. Uh, there, there's also a next spot where there's, there's another lapse, a lapse with the Gibeonites, and they make a, a league that they should not have made. God has to deal with that. There's a correction that goes on. And we speak of the further of the conquest of Canaan that goes on within the life of Joshua. All of this because he said, yes, Lord, yes. I, I'm not into that self-help book. It was my boss's way of getting us all to just be yes men. I know what he was doing there. But tonight we stand before an almighty God and we say to him, yes. Yes, I'll, I'll stand in your strength. Yes, I'll, I'll move forward in courage. I'll stand when it's uncomfortable. I, I'll, I'll stand when there is grief in front of me, when there is pain that, that is, that is at, at my doorstep. I'll stand in obedience. Yes, Lord, I'll be obedient. I'll be obedient. It's, it's, it's one of the very best ways to show that I, I believe in Jesus Christ and I trust him. I'll be obedient. I'll be saturated. I'll get up in the morning and I'll read his word and I'll meditate through the day on the, what, I've, what I've seen. And I'll read it again at the end of the day and maybe take some notes and maybe go on further and share what I've learned to somebody else. But I'm going to, I'm going to think of the things of the word of God and I'm going to be saturated with those things. But it's the fifth thing. I'll be fearless. I'm not let fear rule me. I'm not let myself shut down for an emotion to rule me, but I'm going to stand in Jesus Christ. Number six, I'll be assured the idea that he is with me. He's never going to leave me. Just as he was with Moses, he's going to be with me. Just as he was with Joshua, he's going to be with me through this battle, through this journey. And lastly, I'll be victorious. We'll stand in, in his success. We'll give God the glory for what he has done. And we'll thank him all the while. Can you say yes, Lord, yes, tonight? Yes, Lord, yes. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you and thank you once again for listening.